This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, new questions about whether President Trump is in legal jeopardy after he's caught on tape pressuring a member of his own party to overturn Georgia's election. The calls tonight for a criminal probe into the president of the United States after an hour-long phone call asking Georgia's chief elections officer to find enough votes to turn the state red. I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. We speak with Georgia's Republican Secretary of State. Is it a criminal offense to ask a Secretary of State to change a vote? Plus, the showdown in Georgia on the eve of the high-stakes runoffs that will decide control of the United States Senate. Breaking news, England to enter its strictest lockdown since March over concerns of the new, more contagious strain of the coronavirus. And that variant now discovered in New York. New COVID outbreak, big box stores under siege. At one Costco, nearly 200 employees test positive for the virus. And in the epicenter of Los Angeles, look at Dodger Stadium. Five hours to get a test. As the U.S. barely makes a dent in its vaccination target. Why the FDA will consider this week giving half doses. And some exciting news tonight, the first Americans to get their second dose. I now have body armor. Dangling by her jacket, the incredible rescue tonight of a skier holding onto a chairlift. And with puzzles having a moment in the pandemic, the brother and sister team who set out to find the missing piece. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with breaking news because there are growing demands tonight for federal and state investigations into President Trump's unprecedented hour-long phone call with Georgia's top election official. Tonight, Democrats on Capitol Hill are asking the FBI to open a probe, saying the president's request for Georgia's secretary of state to find him thousands of votes was not only an unprecedented attack on American democracy, it violated federal and state laws. I'll ask Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger about that call in just a moment and about Georgia's high stakes runoff tomorrow for two U.S. Senate seats. And those races will determine which party controls the U.S. Senate. And tonight we're learning investigators are looking into threats that have been made against that election. Also, as we come on the air, there are several major headlines about the worsening coronavirus pandemic, including about that highly contagious new strain of the virus. Tonight, New York's governor says it's now been found in his state. And with millions of Americans returning from traveling over the holidays, there is real fear that hospitals already at their breaking point won't be able to handle the new wave of infections experts say is coming. Now, all of that is putting a lot of pressure on states and the federal government to speed up the rollout, roll I should say of those vaccines, which has fallen behind schedule. We have a lot of new reporting for you and your family tonight, and our team is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Weijia Zhang is going to lead off our coverage tonight from the White House. Good evening, Weijia. Good evening to you, Nora. CBS News has learned that President Trump called Georgia's Secretary of State 18 times since Election Day before finally getting through on Saturday. Tonight, the White House is not commenting on the growing calls to investigate whether the president's demands on that call were illegal. Tonight, Democrats are calling for a criminal investigation after President Trump's bombshell phone call as outrage grows from a member of the president's own party in Georgia. Nobody I know who would be president would do something like that to a secretary of state. During the remarkable call, President Trump demanded that Georgia's Republican secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger, produce something that does not exist. Additional ballots that would change the state's election results. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more that we have. Georgia has recounted ballots three times, and each time Mr. Trump lost to President-elect Biden. There's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. Many legal experts concluded the president broke both federal and state election law. There's a strong case that the president did commit a criminal act here by making a, a request to the secretary of state to fabricate election records. In court, the Trump campaign has failed dozens of times to prove allegations of widespread voter fraud. The Justice Department said there is no evidence it happened. Still, President Trump insisted otherwise and even accused Raffensperger and his general counsel of a cover up. You know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a you know, that's a criminal. That's a criminal offense. And, and, you know, you can't let that happen. That's that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyer. That's a big risk. Vote. Mr. Biden campaigned in Georgia today ahead of tomorrow's special elections that will determine control of the U.S. Senate. He criticized Mr. Trump for making his own political goals a priority. 
I don't know why he still wants the job. He doesn't want to do the work. Republicans are worried the president's focus on fraud and attacks on state leaders could cost them the Senate. And after a campaign full of heated rhetoric, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said late today they're investigating specific threats regarding tomorrow's runoff races. President Trump is promoting protests planned for Wednesday when Congress is set to certify the election results. CBS News has learned that the leader of the Proud Boys, a pro-Trump group, was arrested today after leaving a D.C. airport in connection to the burning of a Black Lives Matter banner in D.C. last month. Nora. All right. We Zhang with that breaking news. Thank you. Joining us now is the man President Trump pressured to find nearly 12,000 new votes, the Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. Mr. Secretary, thank you so much for joining us. Good evening. Let me ask you, in that phone call, the president said to you, I think it's pretty clear that we won the state of Georgia. Is there any truth to that statement? No, it's pretty clear that, unfortunately, he did not win. I said as a Republican, but as Secretary of State, I can say with confidence that President Trump did not win the state of Georgia. Why do you think the president wanted to speak with you directly? Uh, probably to see if he could influence me to change my decisions. But uh, in, this, in a way, I, I'm not really making a decision. What I'm doing, I'm, I'm following the law and I'm following the facts. The numbers are the numbers and the numbers we reported are factually correct. You just stated that you believe that the intent of the president's call was to get you to change the result of the election. Is it a criminal offense to ask a secretary of state to change a vote? We get complaints and all the time, and we investigate those. But we looked at their data. Their data is not correct, and we can go down that line point by point and show what our data shows. We looked at the federal code, and it states clearly that a person, including an election official who in any election for federal office, knowingly and willfully intimidates, threatens, or coerces, or attempts to intimidate, threaten, or coerce any person for registering to vote. Is that what you believe the president was trying to do, was trying to coerce, threaten, or intimidate you? I didn't feel intimidated. Uh, I can stand on my own two feet. Uh, I know what we're going to do. We're going to follow the law. We're going to follow the process. Tomorrow is a big day for Georgia. Are you concerned mm -hmm. the results of those Senate races will be questioned? There's no reason for them to be. Uh, we have all the fail states in place. You know, President Trump said in that phone call with you, we heard it, that uh, that it's your fault, in his words, that Republicans aren't going to go out and vote tomorrow. No, actually, the, the, the fault really lies at the people that disparaged, you know, the whole process of voting. Machines are safe, secure, and we're going to have an accurate election count. We'll know who won this race. Mr. Secretary, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Well, tonight, the D.C. National Guard says it plans to activate more than 300 troops to support police ahead of pro-Trump rallies planned right here for Wednesday. That's when Congress meets to certify Joe Biden's election victory, even as President Trump and many Republicans refuse to accept that he lost. We get more now from CBS's Nancy Cordes on Capitol Hill. As the representative New York's Elise Stefanik was the latest Republican today. I plan to object. To join a controversial effort that now includes at least a dozen senators and many more House members. I believe there are serious questions with respect to the presidential election. The GOP lawmakers plan to object Wednesday to electoral college tallies in up to half a dozen battleground states that were won by President-elect Joe Biden. But the lack of any evidence of fraud has led other Republicans to dub the effort unconstitutional, even dangerous, 
arguing it undermines the voters and has zero chance of success. That's not stopping Tennessee's Marsha Blackburn, though she acknowledged today that the president's leaked phone call did hurt the cause. This call was not uh, a helpful call. Republicans don't have the votes to prevent Biden from being certified the winner, which makes it even more surprising that senators like Indiana's Mike Braun and Wisconsin's Ron Johnson are now jumping on board weeks after they acknowledged Biden's victory. He will be the next president. I, I accept that reality. But they are all facing pressure from the contester-in-chief, who today used the term surrender caucus to describe Republicans who don't back the move. He even warned one of them, Tom Cotton of Arkansas, that GOP voters will never forget his decision. The courts have spoken. Democrats seem determined to downplay the whole thing. Wednesday's clash could last all day, but it won't alter the outcome. We're not looking backward. We're looking forward to the inauguration of Joe Biden on January 20th. Even Mr. Biden himself has had little to say about the GOP plan, preferring to let Republicans fight it out among themselves. And tonight, on the eve of her runoff election, Georgia Senator Kelly Leffler says she, too, will challenge the election results on Wednesday, including possibly the presidential election results from her own state. Nora? All right. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Well, the new year is bringing new fears about the coronavirus. Right now, one American is dying from COVID about every 30 seconds. A new variant of the virus spreading in Britain and dozens of countries has now infected people in Colorado, California, Florida, and we learned today, New York. Hospitalizations are at an all-time high, with 125,000 Americans being treated in COVID wards. Another 70,000 are projected to die in this country before the presidential inauguration in 16 days. We get more now from CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. Southern California hospitals are so overwhelmed, one doctor calls it World War III, the emotional toll off the charts. This is the worst medical disaster that I've seen in over 30 years of practicing in emergency medicine. Los Angeles County now averaging 133 deaths a day. It was 25 on Thanksgiving. Bodies now stored in refrigerated trucks. We're losing on average a person every 15 minutes. And cases skyrocketing, over 800,000 since the pandemic began, nearly half of those since December 1st. Tonight, the first confirmed case in New York of that variant strain from the UK, at least 50% more contagious. The Saratoga County resident had no known travel history. California today seeing at least five more cases of that strain amid concerns of a wider U.S. spread. Tonight, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson extended his nation's lockdown through mid-February. And it's been both frustrating and alarming to see the speed with which the new variant is spreading. The virus also spreading quickly among some major U.S. retailers, including 174 employees of this Washington State Costco store who tested positive. But even as cases and hospitalizations keep soaring, more Americans packed airports on Sunday than on any single day since the pandemic began. I don't want to let COVID kind of like stop us from like enjoying life or having something to look forward to. Health officials now fear a crushing Christmas and New Year's surge with thousands of more deaths. 
And more grieving family members, like those of Millie Rivera, who would have turned 55 this month. Her sister wrote, I watched you through the glass door. It broke my heart to not be able to be there. This is so unbelievable and not right. And Rivera had nine grandchildren. Tonight, across Los Angeles, long lines as people wait to get tested. Nowhere longer than here at Dodger Stadium. More than 13,000 people getting tested every single day with wait times up to five hours long. Nora. Incredible to see those lines. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. Tonight, with U.S. vaccination numbers far behind schedule, the FDA is considering cutting doses of one COVID vaccine in half to double its supply and speed up distribution. Well, so far, more than four and a half million COVID shots have been given out, but that is just a fraction of the 20 million initially expected by the end of 2020. We get more now from CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. Long lines in Florida, Tennessee, and Texas are where overburdened systems meet overwhelming demand. I have high blood pressure, I have diabetes, I have susceptibility to pneumonia. I'll wait a whole day for this if I have to. Florida's governor pinned the problem on some hospitals. Hospitals that do not do a good job of getting the vaccine out will have their allocations transferred to hospitals that are doing a good job. But the governor's decision to open up vaccination to anyone over 65 ahead of some essential workers has added to the crunch. Dr. Robert Goldser says Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami Beach has 10,000 people scheduled. So you're going as fast as you can right now. We're going full tilt. We're going till 7 p.m. at night, Saturday and Sunday. The debate is now turning to giving half doses of the Moderna vaccine to people between 18 and 55, doubling the amount of people who can take it. We know it induces identical immune response, and therefore we are in discussion with Moderna and with the FDA. In Britain today, another first. Oxford and AstraZeneca's vaccine started to roll out. It will likely be months before that can happen in the U.S., Meanwhile, vaccine sabotage is adding to the problems. This afternoon, Stephen Brandenburg appeared before a judge in Wisconsin, accused of attempting to spoil hundreds of doses at a hospital outside Milwaukee, where he worked as a pharmacist. Prosecutors say Brandenburg believed they were unsafe. There is progress. In Queens, New York, nurse Sandra Lindsay, who famously received one of the first doses of Pfizer's vaccine, got her second dose to complete the vaccination. The burden feels... Definitely much lighter today, and I am very, very grateful. New York's governor is threatening to fine hospitals up to $100,000 for not using up their supply of vaccine within one week. Here in Florida, the governor said he's looking to turn some COVID test sites and even houses of worship into distribution centers, as well as adding 1,000 more nurses. Nora? All right, Manuel Bohorquez, thank you so much. There was a dramatic rescue Sunday at a ski resort in upstate New York. A woman was dangling from a ski lift by her jacket. Well, the ski patrol set up a tarp beneath her and caught her when she let go of the lift. The good news is she was not hurt. And there's some big news tonight for March Madness. NCAA says that the entire 2021 men's basketball tournament will be played in Indiana. The league says spreading the games across the country would be too difficult during the pandemic. But the games will go on. Jigsaw puzzles are having their moment during the pandemic, but a few pieces were missing until now. Here's CBS's Omar Villafranca. There it goes. It takes sharp attention to detail to put together puzzles, something William Jones and Erica Chambers have been doing 
since they were kids growing up in North Texas. A lot of our puzzles that we ended up picking were like cartoons. It wasn't anything particularly that represented us as a, you know, as people of color. That sparked an idea, Puzzles of Color, which finds artwork depicting black culture created by artists of color and puts them on puzzles. Just push it through here, hit the little green button. Corporate offices are in Erica's garage. Whoa, there you have a puzzle. Daryl Hill just bought one of the puzzles for his three-year-old son, Micah. Do you like doing puzzles? Why? Daryl lets Micah be a kid, but feels it's also important for his son to see other people who look like him when he plays. As he's growing up, I need him to know that he's represented in culture. It's all about that representation. You don't feel like an other. You feel like you are part of the world that you live in. 500 to 1,000 pieces at a time. Yeah. <laughs> 500 pieces of culture. In Little Elm, Texas, Omar Villafranca, CBS News. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we'll be live in Georgia for the high-stakes runoff elections that will determine control of the U.S. Senate. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell here in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Have a good night. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.